0: other cats just like drape it over everything so you just it's, yes. well uh-huh.
1: we well, see now this is the thing i'm one of those people oh and it's funny that you're talking about cats because one of the films we're going to talk about today does have a cat in it and, okay. and yeah it, it does have a cat in it but i'm one of those people who i'm not particularly a cat person i just feel like they're so kind of like yes yes you should be glad that i'm here to foul your house <laughs>
0: And it's like they don't care whose garden it is. It's like it's not our garden. It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, yeah. They, they essentially, as far as the cat is concerned, the world is its toilet.
0: The world is yes, everywhere <laughs> it's fair game. It's just like <laughs> no.
1: Right. Um. Okay. Let's let's kick. Let's fire. Let's go. Fly into this. Let's get. Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that goes to the cinema, watches films, stays at home, watches films, and then at the end of the at the end of it all has a bit of an existential crisis as it sits down and goes, hang on a second, which one of these was better? Where did I better spend my money? My name is Tosin and I will be your... Host this evening. I am based up in the Midlands somewhere, and on the Isle of Wight, joining me is Sharon. How are you doing, Sharon?
0: Hello, I'm well, thank you. How are you, toes?
1: Doing well, doing well, doing well. So um, uh, we actually have a Sean. We have we have made contact, and we have confirmed that Sean is back from Thailand, but Sean is busy this yes. evening somewhere else. So f- for that reason, even though I think um, the film that I feel I feel if we if we review the film if we reviewed this particular film without Sean being around, he would just probably, like, not talk to us again and just never be on the podcast ever again. And that, <laughs> and that film was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I think is... It was released yesterday, which is really weird. I mean, they're starting yes. having this Wednesday releases in cinemas, which seems to be a new thing this year. I'm not sure whether you found that, Sharon.
0: Yes, I've noticed that. I suddenly, yes, yeah, I've noticed that they seem to be midweek release now. And you think... I thought it was always the weekend, so yeah, I don't know why. It always
1: used to be a Friday, then a couple of years ago, they they moved it forward to like, you know, Thursday, well, I guess it was technically a Friday morning, because it would be like Thursday just past midnight.
0: Yeah, so they'd catch the Friday night cinema crowd. Yeah,
1: yeah. But
0: now it seems to be even, yes, Wednesday.
1: Yeah, Wednesday morning, Wednesday morning, I was was (laughs) listening, so I was like, what the... Once upon a time, when Hollywood, the first showings are Wednesday morning at like eleven o'clock. What? <laughs> and so, so yeah, it's it, I, I don't ex- I don't exactly know what's going on. I don't know I don't know what's going on. I've I've been watching quite a few sort of like YouTube videos. Um, you know, there's some YouTube channels, things like What Culture and Looper, and they have all these YouTube videos. Yeah. that They're pretty much adaptations of articles where they say ten movies that were sent out in cinemas to die, and they were essentially talking. <laughs> The kind of things that we talk about from a not-so-educated point of view, they're sort of saying, yeah, these are films that essentially, when you look at the the economics behind it, they pretty much said, this film's not going to make any money. We're just going to send it out to cinemas and it's going to disappear because they had, they had films like Booksmart was on that list. And, and, and some of the films that we spoke about were going like, why would you release this? What are you doing? They even mentioned Shaft, which we spoke about the other week, which I, yes. I knew absolutely nothing about. I did not even know they were making this film. And I thought it was a Netflix. No, it came from nowhere. Yeah, I thought it was a Netflix film. But it turns out that it was actually released in cinemas in the States. But they went, oh, this is not going to make any money. So Netflix went, oh, we'll take it. So, the, so the, the film studio sold it to Netflix to distribute everywhere else in the world as a Netflix movie. So, That's just well, strange. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't know, but the, I think the basic thing is that for to release a film in cinema nowadays, it is seemingly increasingly difficult to make money if you are not owned by Disney.
0: Yeah, they yeah. do seem to have a bit of a monopoly on uh, the entertainment business as a whole, don't they?
1: Well, well yeah. They seem they, to be
0: buying up every... sort. they have their little fingers in every pie, well, it they, seems, they, at the moment. I
1: mean, I'm, I'm, I'm strongly Okay, I think a film that has done really well this year that is not owned by Disney, I can only think of maybe Hobbs and & Shaw, and that has done somewhere in the region, I think maybe getting to run about half a million worldwide, when you're looking at the three billion dollar movies this year have all been Disney so yes it, 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 they it, are mighty yeah and this is where Netflix just steps in Netflix is like oh well we don't care we will go and we will we will we yeah. will go, we will feed the masses who do not want to go and watch the 15th Iron Man movie or something but, mm-hmm. I mean having said that I mean I love the Iron Man movies and everything like that so <laughs> I'm, I'm not well actually I'm happy, but I'm kind of bothered because I don't know what it means for the future of cinema.
0: No, that's the only concern. I read an article earlier in the year about this very thing, about why certain films or certain types of films are just not appearing at the cinemas. And they did sort of point squarely at you know Netflix and Amazon Prime saying, well, actually, these companies are... Doing better with those sort of films, and so they're not the people who are producing them are cutting out the middleman so, and the sorry cinema. Sorry, Sharon, like I, keep and going,
1: you, I can't hear anything. It sounds like there's something over the speaker or over oh, the it microphone. It might be my hand. Okay, yeah. Sorry.
0: Okay, I'll move my hand.
1: All right, yep. Yeah, so I heard that they said there's some specific films that
0: but aren't, that just aren't making it their way to cinema screens. Yep. They are just not appearing at cinemas. They're... and they In this article, they basically said, well, a lot of films like the romantic comedies, um, the sort of well, comedy in general, unless it's of a certain type, is going straight to Netflix or Amazon Prime. They're missing out the middleman. They're not bothering to have a cinema release anymore. They're just going straight on to platforms yeah, but, 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 for people to watch. Well, you can kind of
1: understand that because I can't think of the last... Like you, you know, straight up comedy that was actually a hit in cinemas. I feel, I feel like most comedies going to cinemas don't do that well. Then people discover them at home on DVD, and then it's it's years after that the first film people be like, oh my god, that was so funny, and then they hand it around. Then maybe the second film that that gets released, that that one is allowed to be a hit. It happened with Austin Powers. I remember Austin Powers. Yes. I think remember I think that was a hilarious film. Didn't watch it at the cinema, then. Everybody started talking about it. Everybody handed around the DVD. Everybody. And then we went and we watched the second one. And the second one was uh, one of the biggest films of that year when it was released. And so I, I always feel like comedy, uh, well, in cinema, I actually think a TV screen might be the natural home for comedy. Because in cinema, when you go mm. to watch something on a big screen... You don't really want to. Okay, let's go. Something like American Pie, which was just a laugh riot. Or Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks. I remember Mars Attacks being an absolute laugh riot, with everybody in the cinema cracking up. But if you have a chance of, oh, I'm going to go see something that's going to be big and has great sound and things are going to blow up, I'm going to. I'm probably going to go to the cinema and spend my money to watch that, than go to the cinema yeah. and spend ten pounds to watch people sitting around and laugh and and talk or trying to make me laugh. So. Yeah. I
0: can't remember the last one I saw at the cinema, to be quite honest with you. I'm not a great comedy fan, but every now and then I don't mind something that's amusing. But mm. I can't remember an outright comedy that I've seen for a long time.
1: Yeah, I think the the last... Yeah,
0: they just don't translate.
1: The last one I saw, I think, was Game Night. No, was, uh, oh, yeah, I guess that was Stuber. That was trying to be funny. yeah but anyway 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 let's let's talk about that i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna go back and re review something i've already reviewed just to have a rant (laughs) about something i'd forgotten about forgotten to have a rant about the first time (laughs) yeah that breaks
0: our rules anyway if we've already reviewed it we don't review it again
1: well it's kind of like you know how you know last week how you started talking about lion king and you got me off on it after after, yeah. After I go, after I got off the phone, I was like, Oh, oh yeah, and that, and that, oh yes, and this, <laughs> and another thing
0: I should have said. Yeah. yeah.
1: Pretty much, pretty much. So I got off the phone with you, and the rant just carried on. The rant just carried on in my head. I was just like, Oh yeah, there's so many things about that film I did not say. <laughs> and all the while trying to say well
0: when i went to see it the second time round i had a better time <laughs> yeah i'm much more i'm much more mellow about it now <laughs> uh, yeah right
1: <laughs> yeah you should you should have caught me first you should have caught me at the <laughs> yeah before the mellowing happened you should have caught me then <laughs> so anyway <laughs> shall we carry on to this to this week yes all right so this week you have done a complete 180 from what you did last week Last week, where you hadn't yes. seen anything in the cinema, and you only seen stu- you only seen stuff at home, and now you've done the complete one hundred and eighty and seen nothing at home, and spent your entire week in the cinema.
0: Yes, that's right. My spare evenings this week, instead of thinking I need to watch something, I'm thinking, okay, what's on the pictures? I need to go to the pictures. So I went twice this
1: week. <laughs> you went twice, 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 yes. you, actually, you got to see a film that I didn't even know I've never, never heard of. But first of all, we're going to go with a film that we have both seen. And that film is one that I mentioned last week and you were like, oh, yay, film for (laughs) grown-ups. Yeah. yeah, Blinded by the Light. That film is Blinded by the Light. So, Sharon, before you tell us whether you were happy and it did actually give you a good film for grown-ups film, um, tell us uh, what is this about?
0: Blinded by the Light, it's about um, this young it starts off in 1980. Yep. The year you were born, Toast. Yeah, yes, the year
1: and, I was born. and you
0: see these you see these two lads who live outside of the town of Luton um, which is basically close enough to London for them to know that it's not London. <laughs> uh, but far enough away for them to feel that that disconnect. Yeah. And, and but far, famously far known in the to, years to feel gone like by missing as a, out on something. Yes, that they're missing out on life basically um it's, it's famously known as a car building town with all the car factories and that's where how most people are employed so these two young lads one is from a Pakistani origin and one is from a British background they then grow up basically and they um watching the world pass them by they they, they live on the top of a motorway and they can see all these cars heading into london and they just grow up with this feeling that yeah that life is passing them by then you get this fast forward um. Ten years to 198 well eight years to 1987 and they've just started sixth form college, and our young hero Navid Javid, sorry Javed um, uh, Javid, that's it. Uh, yeah, I, he, I have
1: I have a um uh, well I have a bit of a cheat in this because one of my friends is called Javid so I was like oh someone in the film with your name you know the
0: pronunciation <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm never no sure on pronunciation when um. <laughs> when it's it's something outside of my, my 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 culture so I'm thinking I want to be sensitive about this by not you know getting it wrong Yes, yeah. so, and I got it wrong. Javid. <laughs> <So, laughs> Javid <Jafford. laughs> is this, yeah, this young. and so you see him at 17 just starting sixth from college just starting his A levels and he, again he just feels like out of step with the people around him he's not really into the music of the day like the pet shop boys or banana Rama or you know tiffany he's sort of out of step with these things and then he meets a a young Sikh boy who says you know you really got to listen to the boss and he's like who the boss bruce springsteen <laughs> and on the night of the hurricane october 1987 you see him finally sort of putting his this tape of bruce springsteen music in his walkman and his eyes are opened to, in a whole new way. I mean, that someone has expressed his feelings in music in a way that he's never heard before. Yep. Suddenly, the, the the words and the songs of Bruce Springsteen um, sort of resonate with him. Yeah, this is someone who is expressing his sort of anger, despair, fear, um, hopelessness at times, yep. and, ang- and you know, all sorts of things. Suddenly, they've been put to music, and someone is expressing these things that he's been struggling to express all his life and so he finds that his suddenly from not having a voice he suddenly found this voice that triggers his own sort of artistic creativeness and it inspires him to write better and more targeted more focused poems and articles and diary entries basically and essays so yeah it his life is transformed by bruce
1: all right cool so and how did, so that's the thank you very much for the for the recap. Now the question is, did it give you that oh my god, finally a film for grown-ups, Phil?
0: Yes, I thought it I thought it reached out on many levels. It reached out on the, the nostalgic level because obviously I that was nineteen eighty-seven was when I was seventeen. Mm-hmm. I was I'm exactly the same age as a protagonist. So I was ten in nineteen eighty 17 in 1987. Yep. And I discovered my own music in sort of the late 80s, where, and for me, it wasn't Bruce Springsteen. For me, it was English folk music. Yeah. The first time I heard English folk music properly, it was just like, this is my, this is me. (laughs) (laughs) This is expressing my inner life. It's just, this is my expression of it. Yeah. And so for him, it was like Bruce suddenly was summed up what he wanted to say. For me, it was folk music and so i there's that nostalgic thing but there's also you know if you're young you can identify with it saying that actually these feelings you may feel of like this disconnect to your parents to your culture to other things it's you know it's it's sometimes that is part of growing up and part of finding out who you are is by you know reconciling yourself to your community or your parents or your past and then forging your own future so Yeah, you can see it as a grown up looking back as a young person looking ahead mm-hmm. and yeah so for me it was a film for grown ups because it did have thought behind it
1: <laughs> okay that's good that's it had good.
0: emotion it had feeling and yeah I, I thought it was a great film
1: well you see this is the thing I because this is the film that's been universally loved and um, lauded uh, some of the things that I think it's been lauded for I think yeah, yeah yeah it should be it should be but I, I have to admit, I have some issues with it. I, I have okay. To, I had some issues with the film. So the the central story and everything like that. I think it's one of these films. that I think it has a lot of tonal shifts in it. And yeah, for instance,
0: yes, towards the end, it suddenly does.
1: Yeah. I've, okay. Yes,
0: I did. I did feel that at the end. Yeah.
1: Well, no, I, I think oh, for me I, it was all the way through. I thought there were quite a few tonal shifts in it. So the hurricane. I take it you remember the hurricane from from? Well, yes. You remember it happening? When it happened? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So okay, it's good to know that, that that wasn't just a that wasn't just a film convention thing that they did, like you know people kissing in the rain or something like that. It's,
0: it's good to no, know. it was it was ferocious. We lost our shed roof and. My dog was forever traumatized after that night. <laughs> he would never sleep outside again. He had to sleep inside oh, from wow. that night on. He was he would yeah he was became a nervous dog after that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Okay, nice, nice to know. Nice to know that that, that actually did happen. It, it it helps a little bit. But there's a, but okay. So they have this concept in the film, like whenever he listens to Bruce Springsteen, the words show up on the screen and like you know are going around yes. his head and everything like that. And i felt like that was overused because I, I i feel like they i feel like it was overused you're never sure whether this is supposed to be like you know uh sort of like a realistic uh, slice of realism or whether it's supposed to be some sort of magical thing happening on i feel like some of the music sections yes they were.
0: Yeah. yes there were occasions when i wasn't sure whether this was Straying into fantasy, yes, or whether, it's like, it's or like, like he was dreaming this, or whether this was actually happening. Yeah, yeah there, there were some of those elements. When yeah. people start dancing, especially, I'm thinking, yeah. "Oh, okay."
1: feel <laughs> like, is this actually happening, or what? Because, for instance, I don't feel like Bruce Springsteen is like an instant hit of something you listen to and you go, "Whoa!" So, I've, I I felt like you know the sort of instant thing about him listening to the music, and it didn't get across to me why why it would have such an immediate impact on this guy who's side changing the way changes the way he dresses, everything like that. That didn't come across yeah. to me. I thought that some of the music sections were too long. There's there's a bit where they have where they break into a radio station and they play Born to Run to over yes. the school PA system. And then they play the whole song and yeah. that that whole sequence doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like is it during the school day? What's going on? Where are they going to? What, what now they're yeah. in the town center. And there's and now,
0: some scenes where other people seem to be joining in. And i yeah, well, how, how are they hearing this? Yeah. Every, are they all, too, uh, yeah.
1: yeah. And throughout the film, everybody tells him that Bruce Springsteen is an old thing and that it's not the new thing. And nowadays everyone's listening to Tiffany, but everybody starts joining in and dancing and singing along. And, and that scene yeah. just went on and on. I felt a bit like Sean, Sean hates car chases in films. Sean, Sean despises <laughs> car chases. Yes, and yeah. I felt like Sean with a car chase. I was like, "What? Oh, for goodness' sake, it's still going on! What, wait, get, explain what is happening." <laughs> and there's a there's a there's a whole subplot with like him getting a girlfriend, which I think the film could do without. I feel it's like I feel like it's chucked in because you have to have that, and I feel like it it, it doesn't bring anything to the party, quite frankly. And I really don't think it does. And, and there's a bit where he's singing a Bruce Springsteen song in the markets to the girl he's trying to get. And then his friend's dad jumps in, played by Rob Brydon. And it it's just, I'm like, I don't know whether you're supposed to be making a musical, whether it's supposed to be magic realism, whether it's supposed to be kitchen sink drama. I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's so it got me to a point but the thing about it right is uh, this is i'm actually reading off my phone because i had to write down these things because what the film does is that i think by the time it gets to the end i feel the fil- i think the film nails the ending and it's it's i've in my mind it it nails the ending so well that you could very I personally, I could forget that, oh yeah, I was having problems with this film earlier, and so I was like, quick, I need to write down why I had problems with this film before I forget all about it because the ending's good. <laughs> and I feel like uh, towards the end, it comes back to the themes that I think are the strongest in the film, which is the father-son thing, the clash of the, this, yes. this guy who is, he's, he's essentially from two different cultures because he, his, his parents are Pakistani, but he grew up in England. And it's, it's about yeah. this push and pull between he like, you know, his father keeps saying, oh, don't do it like the English. That's the way the English do it. You're not English. You're Pakistani. And he's like, yeah, but I am English. I grew up here. Listen to the way I talk. And I feel like those are the that's where the film I find is on show of when it comes back to that. And it talks about that. And, it, and they I think the because it's called cool, Vindager who places who places that who I've loved ever since I saw him in Goodness Gracious Me.
0: Yeah, good. He was. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's what I've been doing for mainly is Goodness Gracious Me.
1: Yeah, uh, and he plays his dad. I think he's brilliant. I think he, he does really, really well. And he takes a character that could have been one note and could have been, like, you know, um, comic relief. Just like, oh, look at yeah. him. He's the funny Pakistani dad who walks in and is always worried about money and is always saying this and is yeah. always telling his son. Oh, like one of my favourite lines of the film, where he goes, look, I'm more like other Pakistani fathers. I will not tell you you have to be a doctor. A lawyer is okay. Maybe an estate agent. Yeah. <laughs> so he has those elements, but he still manages to make him a human. And I think mainly yes. because of the mother. The, so there's, there's the fact that way you have the whole Margaret Thatcher 1980s, he gets laid off from his job and you see just, and I think some of the most affecting scenes are where you see him going every day to the job center in his suit uh, because... Yes, he's trying just to keep
0: trying a, anything. Yeah. yeah,
1: trying to keep a dignity, trying to keep the sort of dignity. And at the same time as this is going on, you have his son who is trying to figure out who he is apart from his father, apart from his, mm. his father. And so those bits, I think, is where the film comes back to. And I think the films are much shorter sure footing there. And I really, really like those scenes. And I think... It, and it almost comes to the point that because I think that's the strongest bit of the film... His awakening by Bruce Springsteen does not particularly feed into that story. (laughs) (laughs) So it it becomes this weird film where you've come here because you come to see this Pakistani boy um, have this affinity with Bruce Springsteen, but the strongest bit of the film might have happened anyway, with or without Springsteen. I don't really know. So it's... yeah it's at the end of, at the end of the day i feel like okay springsteen was great for him but it was not particularly a big part of his story if you get what i mean he loves springsteen it says at the end of the film he's seen him over 150 times in concert i've heard him speaking on bbc radio 5 live and he was talking about how he was that, that's the real javid he was talking about about what springsteen means to him and the words and all that kind of stuff but i feel like the story that they're telling it doesn't quite hold together but I think that they stick the ending. I, I really do feel like the ending of it—that's where a lot of the themes come together. Where he's going off to, well, it's a real life story, so you know anyway. Where it's, it's yeah, that, he's
0: going off to uni.
1: Yeah, he's going off to uni, and then you see all the you see, and then I'm thinking, okay, some of these themes are coming together now. But there's a whole bunch of things in the film that I think Ugh, that didn't need to be there. The girlfriend, I don't really <laughs> think needed to be there. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> but, uh, but no, I just
0: thought I. I... Quite just to sort of come in on that thing about the girlfriend. The only thing I thought that was useful to see it was like the juxtaposition between him trying to form a relationship, you know, with a girl, sort of relating to his sister having her arranged marriage. Oh yes, him yeah,
1: said, yeah, yeah. You
0: know, he's sort of. He's part of this household and part of this culture where that is expected of him, but he's then trying again to find his own path to navigate the world between these two cultures that he's British, but he's also got this you know he's Asian, yeah, so trying to navigate the cultural path between keeping his family happy and then doing what he he sort of wants to do to fulfill his own sort of needs as an as an independent sort of young man, yeah, so I thought just that's as a, as a to sort of contrast between, you know, the culture of arranged marriage and the fact that he wants to form relationships, you know, of his own sort of more organically.
1: Mm, yeah. So that's
0: the only way I thought. Yes, it sort of balances, though, that the two cultures where they sort of meet and sometimes they collide and sometimes they sort of work together. Like, I think it's like I good, I liked. Yes, that's just my only thought about that. But yeah. some things I did like about the film. I liked the, about the neighbour. I thought he could have yes. so easily turned yes. into a stereotypical, you know, grumpy old man neighbour. Grumpy old I I liked, racist man. The way, <laughs> yeah, just like the racist next door. I like the fact that they didn't fall down that that t- obvious rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, but also the awful things that the, 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 his friends, you know, his father's best friend. Who lives yeah, in that this yeah, yeah. The first At... Pakistani family to live in this road, yeah, and then they've, they've yeah. been victimised ever since. So yeah, and they
1: have have the people peeing through the letterbox. Yeah,
0: yeah, they have the the one you know that they think is going to be this ghastly neighbour who turns out to be really nice and very supportive, and then and the other neighbourhood, supposedly a much nicer neighbourhood, where they're treated appallingly. Yeah, by so-called you know sort of nice people. So I think it's to every now and then you just get these contrasts, these compare and contrast moments where you look at the one family, then you see another, one relationship, then you see another. So I think that's the only way I think yeah, I can see why they did jump about a little bit in trying to get these themes. But maybe they yeah. you were know, just trying to cover too much. I, I think I think the cultural that... conflict of the eighties as well as this one as well as the, yeah personal transformation.
1: I have to admit that there were times when I did feel I mean, I understand that it's just the guy's story, it's his life and and for that, I applaud them for, for trying to show just a, his life. But I felt like, yeah, I felt there were bits where I just thought, this is all over the place. I just, I was like, this is all, I'm not sure what story they're trying to tell me. So... Yeah. yeah. I think if
0: you hadn't grown up in the 80s, you may have thought it wasn't all just National Front marches and people <laughs> you know, going on, being laid off. You know, some people are very nostalgic for the, the 1980s, regardless of all the things that were going on. Yeah. Big, big events happened in the 1980s, but that wasn't all of it. Yeah. I mean... It was, you know, as a teenager I quite had a quite good teenage years. <laughs> Unhampered by, you know, National Front. I knew people who were in the National Front, of course, like most people do, but <laughs> Yeah. Um it was, yeah, something that you're aware of, but it wasn't the biggest part of the nineteen eighties as far as I was concerned.
1: Yeah, I guess it's good to have like because it's a it's a it's a different perspective. Uh, it's I know I know um Sean's a big... Uh, the film I'm going to talk about next on Netflix and we probably should move on to the next film, to be honest with you. I
0: mean, yes, we haven't got our timer on, have we?
1: No, we haven't. Sean's left and we just we forgot all about the timer. <laughs> <What's going on? laughs> Sean, come back. We need you because we need, we need you to... Get... Anyway, um, the... Uh, so, well, yeah, because... Uh, we need to we... get a score then. We need to get yeah, a yeah, score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that because Sean likes watching things from other... other um, cultures, cultures that, he, yeah. that he hasn't been exposed to and I think that this is a bit like that it sort of shows you a different aspect of the 80s that you might oh I didn't live in the 80s in this country in the 80s so I'm like mm. but it's, it's good to see that but anyway how many stars would but you I would like?
0: I really like I'd give it a four yeah and what i did like as well is for me it was a glimpse into a world i don't know about sort of pakistani asians or british asians who live this country about some of the the cultural things i just didn't know so i liked i thought that was good for me to sort of suddenly be exposed to something i didn't know so i enjoyed it for that aspect but i would give it a four because i yeah i really enjoyed it
1: yeah i would give it uh, for me it's a high three it's it's it's, yep. it's, it's I, I think that the the ending the ending redeems it but it's uh, because i think it, it comes back to its strongest themes as i said but in the middle i thought it was all over the place but um and those music sections were too long <laughs> and, <laughs> anyway anyway so um moving on moving on to the next thing we now go over to netflix and you haven't seen anything on netflix this week
0: no nothing at all so
1: it's left to me to carry this load it's up to carry this load. So, yes. um, we, this week, I saw a film called Otherhood because I've been trying to do this whole thing with Netflix. You know how Netflix have started sort of shoving films in your face? So you sign into Netflix. Yes, and they like, say,
0: you might have seen this film, so you're bound to like this one.
1: Well, not even that. I mean, now they, they have like a banner at the top of the screen and they go, look at this yes. new release, watch it. <laughs>
0: And the trailer plays without you having to click on it, it just and, starts playing. Yeah,
1: the it? the trailer plays without you having to click on it. So I actually had um I saw a film, there's a film that it brought up with, and I saw the trailer, and I thought this actually looks quite nice. And it's called Otherhood. I'm not okay. sure if, you, if you've noticed it. So it's a film starring
0: I haven't even been on logged into Netflix this week
1: at all. <laughs> okay, but... so it's a film starring Angela Bassett, Felicity Huffman, and Patricia Arquette. And it's uh it, they they play mothers to sons uh and they have a so oh i
0: have seen a trailer for this yes yes
1: yeah they they all they become friends when their sons start hanging out at school when they're all young so they start meeting together and then they have this culture then they've developed a what's the word it's not a no culture uh ritual where they meet up every mothers day and they sit down and they have a drink and so this one mothers day they all sit down and they have their they're all drinking bourbon and um and they're talking about how them their sons have been like you know, essentially a terrible people <laughs> because they haven't got in <laughs> touch with them. They have one of them just receives a text. One of them has to send herself flowers to, and she pretends like her son is the one who send them the flowers, and so they start talking all about what it's like to be motherhood. And what, what? Kate has this one line where she says something like it's it's like emotional, it's like endless emotional water, waterboarding. <laughs> <laughs> to, to which to oh which, yeah, yeah that's Huff- quite an image yeah to which Phyllis uh, T. Hoffman goes that is the best description of motherhood I have ever heard so <laughs> in in a sort of like bourbon inspired fit of courage they decide you know what all us all our sons live in New York we're going to go over to New York and we're going to visit them we're going to make them see us and love us on Mother's Day <laughs> so the only <laughs> idea is that they drive over to they drive over to um, New York and where, where, when they get there, because I think they're all from Poughkeepsie, uh, when they get there, they they just they kick Angela Bassett out of the house in front of her son's house, and they're like, "Go, make him love you." <laughs> whatever well, <then they> drive try. <laughs> <off. laughs> so she goes, and she meets her she meets her son, and he's like, "Mom, what are you doing here?" She says, "Yes, hey, I'll come here, stay for a couple of days." And obviously, he has his whole independent bachelor about about New York lifestyle, and so, so it's all about them crashing into their son's lives in all sorts of different ways. So uh and i actually i really really enjoyed this film because i felt it's something you don't see that often on screen number one a mother a mother son story or in this in this case three mother son stories and also the point of view of what it's like to be a mother and i know we had the, a bad mom no we had bad moms which did a little bit of this yeah. that spoke about okay what is it and what kind of thing does society put on mothers and says oh you're a mom therefore you've got to xyz um they yes. do a little bit of this but i think they i think it's done more successfully in this film where they talk about because this one the, the children have grown up and you get to see or oh, a bit of what they've what they've sacrificed to to raise their sons to to raise their children and now that the children have just sort of like left and all that and the it, and it has all these different and it goes into the relationships that, that you know the some sort of sometimes testy relationships like one of them her son's gay she knows her son is gay he lives with his boyfriend, but she he's never actually told her that he's gay. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs>
1: so so she's all like, she's up at his house, and he's like, "Ah, oh, you his boyfriend. She's never actually told me, and all that kind of stuff." Or one of them is what? One of them, her son is supposed to be. Well, she's she's the Jewish mother, and she she has like you know the sort of stereotypical overbearing Jewish mother things that you see in films. Yes. Yeah. She. So the the the. So they they go into that, but but her son is kind of like oh yeah you know. All, uh... Anyway, I'll just I'll just say all in all because I'm trying to talk about this film without giving much away about of, of what actually happens in it. <laughs> but it's about the relationship between the mothers and the sons, and I love it because a bit like what we're talking about, seeing a culture that you haven't really been privy to. I'm not a mother, I will n- never be a mother. <laughs> and so I, I don't I don't know what, the, what some of the things that they're going through are. So it was actually really, really good to see somebody else give you like an insight and say, this is a bit what it's like. And I will say that. I think that part of the reason why I watched this film is because my mum has recently been yelling at me. Well, not yelling, but just sort of like saying, oh, well, you don't call, you don't write, what's going on? So, <laughs> so I guess I got I go guilt-tripped into watching this and made me think, yeah, you know what? Maybe I should call my mum.
0: I will call my mother,
1: yeah. Ooh, ooh, ow. <laughs> Sorry, the phone just went off in my ears. So yeah, so I was like, uh, maybe I was watching it going, yeah, you know, maybe I should call my mum. Uh, yeah, you know, she's put up with a lot. Maybe I should actually give her a call and all that. So I, I really enjoyed this film. And in, and in this, in the, in the, there was, there's an actor in it who plays, he plays Patricia Eckett's son. And I was looking at him going, there's something, there's something familiar about him. I can't quite put my finger on it. Something, what the, then when the credits were going, his name comes up and his name is Jake Hoffman. And I was like, oh, that's it.
0: He's Dustin Hoffman's son. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> yeah. And if you I if, didn't
0: know he had an acting son.
1: I did not know that either, but I was looking, watching that. There is something familiar about him. When you look at him, and if you look up pictures of him online, he is, he he looks like his dad did when he was in the graduates. Oh wow! Yeah, only that in this room he has a beard, but there's pictures of him without a beard, and I'm like, oh my word, he is a.
0: That's I, why you grew the beard.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably to be honest with you. I mean, if, and even he has the same kind of like you know. His, his, his same kind of like you know well-to-do know-it-all nervous sad sack energy that his dad yes. had right back then, and you're like, oh my! It it was freakish. It was freakish because there's <laughs> there's times when you could swear that they've just put Dustin Hoffman in a film and used some de-aging technology on him, and made him, made him look younger. He he, he is he's a dead ringer for his dad. He really really is. Yeah. Thankfully for him, he has different hair. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully he has different hip, but you know he's gonna to have to deal with that his whole life but, but i was just like oh my god does it happen son before i actually went online i'm like yep it definitely is his son because it's definitely has, him it's definitely him so i really really enjoyed motherhood i would give it a four out of five okay good i'll give it a four i would say watch it especially if you haven't called your mum recently and you want to feel really really bad and you need something for just to actually call your mum, or if you <laughs> or if you are a mum. If you are a mama, you just want to sit down and identify with some people, or oh, yeah. It, it's, I just thought I thought it, it did a very very good job of bringing them in, making these people feel like they're actually friends, making feel like you know, that there's actually a history there, and oh, it doesn't shy away from like you know what life does to you over the course of like twenty years or something like that. The <laughs> yeah, uh, it, if and I think it's directed by a woman, but so i uh, actually quite even though i personally don't think that nudity in the film is ever needed i feel like it's it's funny that the only person you ever see naked in this film is a man okay and and i was like you know what that's kind of refreshing i was like yeah that's kind of refreshing that at least yeah yeah at least we got that so yeah Otherhood, Otherhood, go catch it on netflix i really really enjoyed that so now let's Goodness. go back to back to cinema for our second choice, and this is a film that you have seen and is the one that I was talking about that I had no idea was actually, like you know, out. So, um, yes, it's
0: a film called The Sun Is Also a Star.
1: The Sun Is Also a Star
0: doesn't tell you anything at all, does it, about what this film is going no, to? No, it about. doesn't.
1: No, it's 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 one it's one step removed from the art of dancing in the rain.
0: Yes. It's based on a book, so that's probably where.
1: Where they got the title from?
0: Where they got the title from? You can get away and with such based... bad
1: titles for books that you just can't with films. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't always scan on a film poster. But yeah, and I only came across this because like you know last week we scrolled through the, everything that was out at the cinema yep. and it was like seen it, reviewed it, seen it, reviewed it, and we went through the whole list uh, yep. or like not interested. There were we went through them all, and so I went through the list again on I think it was. Saturday, yep. thinking right, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've got to see something. I've got to see something at the cinema. It's becoming, you know, ridiculous. So I spotted this one, and I saw the trailer. I thought oh, that do that's that's good enough for me. I'm going to see that. <laughs> and so the when I, the first five minutes, I thought I was going to hate it, but yeah. then i but then I it, it grew on me. But basically, well, the it, story it lived.
1: Is... It, it went past its. um uh, it it went past its uh, what's the, its title
0: yes yes it went past the causing intense irritation and then i sort <laughs> of settled into it and it it grew on me definitely as it grew, as it went on the basic story is it's set over one day and it's um a young jamaican born woman who's been living in america since she was a child and they basically they did a raid on a restaurant where her father was working yep and they have been deported. Their, their visa has run out. They've outstayed. You know, America is cracking down on all their illegal, so-called illegal immigrants. Yep. And so the family have been told, right, that's it. You've run out of chances. You've run out of appeals. You're going to have to go back. Yeah. And they are from Jamaica. So they're, Packing up, and the next day they're going to back to Jamaica. Now she is desperate to finish off her education in America. She's got plans. She wants to be a scientist. She wants to go to university, and she's got her whole future mapped out ahead of her. And so this has come completely out of the blue. She does not want to go. She's got a future, and it's all planned, and nothing is going to get in her way. Yeah. And so this is the day before. She's got this one last chance. Has maybe this like a human rights lawyer, a solicitor, has had you know who takes on these cases. She's thinking. If I can just get to see this loved one person, yeah. then maybe I can get them to relook at my family's case, and we can stay. Yeah. And whilst on the beginning of her day, she encounters um, this young Korean boy, and her her mantra is basically. It's just the facts, you know. If it's not provable, it doesn't exist. If it's yeah. not measurable, or you can't, can't experiment with it. You can't prove it there. It has no foundation. It's no basis in reality, so it has no place in my life. And then this is a young Korean boy. He's, but he wants to be a poet. He wants to be an artist. And but his family is determined that he's going to be a doctor, just <laughs> like um, the last film. <laughs> there, so that certainly par- parallels there. Yeah. he's sort grown up with. He's he's a first generation immigrant, so his family have been in America, settled for a long time. He was born in America. Yep. And so he's like, you know, first generation born, but his family is South Korean.
1: Yeah. They, they his family they his family grew up in South Korea, came over and then he was the first one that was born in the country.
0: Yes. Yep. And so their expectation is that their son, we've worked hard, we've you know, slaved and we've done taken every menial job and we've built up our little business, but you are going to be the doctor. You are our future.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And he doesn't want anything to do with it. But he thinks, you know, that basically it's in the hands of fate. Yeah. That he's, you know, he you know, fate will sort of guide him. And she's like, no, 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 facts guide him. And then they basically they meet by chance. I think so tell you how they meet, but they meet by chance. And then he says, just give me a day and I'll persuade you that, you know, one, that you will fall in love with in a day, that love is real. And two, you know, that there is be more beyond facts. There is, you know, fate, there is destiny, there is, you know, Ooh. there's mystery and magic. And so they then have this day together, basically. And I won't tell you any more about their day together because it's, you know, it, that's what the film is.
1: Ooh. <laughs> Oh, so you... it's
0: it's basically a romantic drama, a romantic teen drama, but with a bit of extra depth to it, with a little bit of a hidden, you know, heart.
1: Oh that's cool. When I... I
0: first started wat- yeah, when I first started watching, I was thinking, Oh, for goodness sake, I'm in the wrong film. I'm twenty <laughs> years too old for this <laughs> And you know <laughs> I should have should have read the <laughs> the subplot bit better, but actually, it really grew on me. And I, uh, by the end of the film, I thought it was a really sweet film. I thought it was yeah, they, it it grew on me, and I think it sort of grew into itself by the end of the film.
1: Oh, that's really uh, I actually quite like the sound of that. I think I felt I like the sound of that. It's always kind of like. Uh... It seems it sounds like a a teen version or a teen version of like you know with the before sunrise before sunset sort of movies.
0: Yes, that's what it reminded me of yeah. actually. It yeah. did remind me of that that oh, premise. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or well, there's this there's a movie called South Side with You that's about the the Obamas' first date, and that's set, similar. to it over one day, and it's about the first time Barack Obama texts Michelle. I think she was Smith. No, no, I can't remember what her last name was. Uh, it takes her out, yes. it takes her out on a date, and instead of when, and it sounds sounds like that. And those films, when done well, can be really, really good. And I like I like the sort of like the mix of cultures that you're talking about, Jamaican and Korean. I've, yeah, this 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 sounds this sounds yeah. good.
0: Yeah, and it's, she's. The the actresses. Oh well, I looked them up afterwards because I thought, are they really, you know, Jamaican or Korean? Not that it matters, I mean, they their acting. After all, it doesn't have to be based on truth. But it would but be nice. The, but she's American-born. She's American-born. I think with like a West Indian heritage. And the 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 young, her name is Yara Shahidi. Yeah, she was very good. Oh, is it nice, Yara Shahidi? Beautiful eyes. Yeah. She's in black. Sorry, Sharon, you've she, what, disappeared you? again. I think your hand's over the. Oh i moved my finger, sorry. Yeah. yeah, I think was she in blackish? Blackish, yeah, Yara Shahidi.
1: That. Yeah. Yeah, Yara Shahidi. Oh, I think I saw I saw something about this film, but I haven't found it anywhere. Yeah, yeah, Yara Shahidi, she's in blackish. She plays Zoe in blackish.
0: Yeah, she's got beautiful eyes. She's got quite a mesmerizing. And then the guy yeah, who yeah. um plays she plays Natasha Kingsley and the the young. The young chap in it, um, Daniel Bay, he's played by a chap called Charles Melton, and he's half Korean. Oh so, yeah. because when I first saw his publicity photos, I'm thinking, "You don't look Korean." That's not very PC. Sort of have to, <laughs> you know, put makeup on to make someone look a different culture. I thought they don't really do that, but apparently his mum is Korean. So yeah, it's maybe not quite so inappropriate. But I was thinking, because <laughs> when I first saw it, I thought, "Hello, do they still do that? Where yeah, they like, not-
1: oh dear." oh dear! we're going down nin- that
0: line of you know
1: is the 1950s yeah. all over again
0: yeah well they've made a white actor look you know exotic to <laughs> just to use a, a horrible expression yeah. But no he is apparently he is half korean oh uh, but when he was younger he he did dye his hair blonde and he did all you know sort of ordinary teen roles where
1: he didn't
0: emphasise his sort of Korean heritage maybe.
1: Oh I see what you mean I'm looking at a picture of him right now yeah I see what you mean but it's but so now this is oh now I'm this is the kind of film that in there's a bit of me that I'm not gonna lie is is hoping that this film ends with quite a heartbreaking scene where the deportation police show up and drag her out of the door anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but th- maybe that—that's just me. Maybe that's just me. I think that would be a nice bittersweet ending to a to a lovely day of a love story kind of thing. Oh, uh... <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I—I quite like the way the story progressed. All right, cool. I thought uh, for me it it worked because I liked the way it were it ended. I did. Okay. So um I won't give you any more than that I because so it, you're, I think you're it dead. Yeah, I think you to let, let the story evolve, um, so that it will can just like tell its story. All right. But no, I no, I I rated it. I thought it was really good.
1: All right. So how many stars have uh, so you got I'd give it? it
0: a score. Well again, I think I would give it a high 3 Mm-hmm. I think it's close to a four, but to me it's I didn't enjoy it I, well I didn't enjoy it, but i would give it yeah, i give a high three, I think. Okay. So Shall we go yeah, for just...
1: the for the off three point five?
0: Yes, because, yeah, for me, because I did find it really irritating at the beginning. <laughs> and I, that that loses half a point because I didn't get into it straight away. I didn't warm to it straight away. And it's only sort of partway through that I thought, you know, actually, this is growing on me. But when I first met the characters, I was thinking, oh, for goodness sake. Yeah, I am just, I'm, I'm the wrong generation for this film. And I was thinking, I'm just glad I've got my pick and mix with me to get me through it. But... <laughs>
1: Were you watching this by yourself?
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh good Lord. But yeah, when I, just, I
0: finished my pick a mix, I still stayed, so it was worth
1: it. I, I I just love this image of you sitting there going, All right. Oh God <laughs> <laughs> But then but then it's a good thing if the film if the film pulled you back. If the film pulled you back, it must have something about it
0: yes it did it, it, it did and that that that's is something isn't it when you start off when you're thinking oh, stone the crows I'm going this is going to be a long an hour and a half <laughs> and then it it was much better than i thought i mean i, I remember another teen film i saw kissing booth you know because we'd heard so much about it yes i sat through that and my i never my cynical face never left me you know, throughout <laughs> that whole film <laughs> there wasn't a bag of pick and mix big enough to get me through that film without hating it so <laughs> this was this, this was you know quite I was quite happy that, you, know,
1: you, know, was you know I can see like a, I can see a whole new feature which is Sharon watches teen films <laughs> yes. get, you get to watch teen films and, and just see what you think oh another one that I think you quite like because Okay, this this isn't a Netflix film, even though it sounds for all the world like a Netflix film. It's uh, uh, I, I think I re- referred to you to the, to all the boys I loved before, so you should you should give that. Yes. A, yeah. I'm not sure whether they ever actually saw that.
0: No, I never did. I Never got around to seeing uh, it. All right,
1: cool. Yeah, but if you ever do, I think that that was a good one. But I think that they also they, you seem to see this like okay, so you said the guy who plays Daniel Bay uh, is half Caucasian, half Korean. And Yara Shahidi is actually, so she's half black American and half Iranian. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So so I think, you know, it's like, oh, let's just go out there and we, we, we can get a nice wide <laughs> group of people to go see this. <laughs> but, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it was interesting, the cast, because when I looked at the cast, it's only afterwards that I suddenly thought, actually, it was a quite diverse cast, so I don't yeah. think there were any white actors in it.
1: Yeah, there, there, there's a lot. And
0: I, it wasn't noticeable because it's like, it just, it's not mattered. You New know, colours is, is not relevant in this sort of film. Yeah. And they don't really mention their sort of cultural heritage a lot. But it wasn't those things I'm thinking, hey, when are the white people going to show up? It wasn't like that. But yeah. I, afterwards, I suddenly thought, you know what? I don't think there were any white speaking parts in this film.
1: Yeah, I think there, there's been a lot more of that. Like when you sit down and you watch a film and yeah. you, you think about it afterwards, you like, wait a second, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, someone actually thought about this. So I thought... I think the best yeah. ones are the ones where you don't realise it and there's only just like something maybe at the back of your mind and you're like... Ugh. Then afterwards you're like, that's what it was. Yeah. They, they're actually doing this diversity thing. Oh, wow.
0: Yes, it is pro- it is a proper diverse film. Yeah, because even I thought, even like the secretary and the people in that thought... Even the secretary was a person of you know different sort of ethnic backgrounds. You know they were all diverse backgrounds. Sharon, I was like, I love That's you good. so
1: much. I love you so much for not saying person of colour. But I think I think I've, I no. think I've, I think I've <laughs> on about how much I do not like that term. So I love you for that. No, <laughs> Sorry, I just I just had to say that. Carry on.
0: <laughs> no, no. So it was, oh, I didn't even notice. I was walking home and I suddenly thought, yeah, actually, it was a diverse cast. So good on you. <laughs> all
1: right. Cool. So, yes, we, so, yeah,
0: it so yeah, it's a solid film. I enjoyed it.
1: So, Zon is also a star managing to escape the gravitational pull of that title to actually give you a very, yes, to actually give you a film. Yeah, you have to give you a pretty good film. And you know, it's funny what you were saying about yeah, Yara Shahidi being striking because, yes, she is. But this is one of the things that when I was watching Otherhood, I just thought I was just kind of like, but another reason that I've watched it, I have to be honest put my cards on the table Angela Bassett. I look at that woman and I go, you know. You know, if I didn't believe that I should only ever sleep with my wife, <laughs> I, I would be willing to—I she... would be willing to be shot down by Angela Bassett. But trying to make a move on her. Like, <laughs> I was thinking Angela Bassett. Well, because... she
0: was hypnotic in Tina Turner, wasn't she? In yeah, Tina, she yeah, was just as, hypnotic in that. Yeah, yeah. In
1: what's love got to do with it? Yeah.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: Yeah, and uh, she is. Yeah, I mean Angela Bassett. I just think—I think, I think a woman is ageless. I think she's amazing. Same thing with Celeste. Yeah, Huffman. she's stunning. Felicity Huffman, I think, is also brilliant. I think out of the three of them, Patricia Arquette was the only one whose charms I have—I have so far been immune to. Although in this film, I was kind of like, <laughs> "Okay, cool, yeah, I, I can see what the I can see what the big deal is." But yeah, I think they—they they are just—they're just amazing women. Uh, but anyway, anyway, I just thought I had to say that. Um, and now let's move on before I get to it gets weird. Yeah. <laughs> now we go—we go back to Netflix, and I saw a film so. I'm not sure whether you have this, but I think most people will probably have this where, you know, you've gone through Netflix and you've been like, oh, well, let's see. What's that? Oh, yeah, well, maybe I want to watch that. But and I found that it's there used to be a time when I would just watch anything. But now I find that increasingly I have to be in the mood for something to watch it.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: <laughs> and
0: it... Absolutely. I've gone through I've, I've had like carpal tunnel injury scrolling through these things finding something that sort of fits what i want to watch that yeah. evening
1: yeah it's like it's like you no know, oh, i don't feel like in the mood for watching that i don't feel in the mood and that's something that i felt a bit yeah, embarrassed yeah. about because i never used to have that. i used to just be like yeah what well, film watch it but now i'm like oh no i don't feel like I'm in the mood for that and so i've ended up with this massive list you know how you have my list on netflix and my list yes. on netflix is probably about 40 films long of films that <laughs> I have just never got around to watching. So I was like, well, you know what? We do a, we do a podcast called Netflix vs. Cinema. Maybe I should actually go into this thing and watch the film. So it, it came out to two films. It came out to one called Wildlife with Jack Gyllenhaal and Carrie Mulligan, which I might see for next week. I was.
0: I was going to watch that last week, <laughs> but, I the, but I wasn't in the mood. Yeah, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 because I, I know that, you know how every year there's a film that gets people say, oh, she should get a Best Actress nomination. This was the film everybody was yes. talking about how great Carrie Mulligan was, but she didn't get any, it's like the Academy didn't even notice that they made that film. Um, so I wanted, I wanted to go watch it, but it came down to be between that and it came down to another film called Keanu.
0: I know, the one about the cat. The yes. one
1: about the cat. The one about the cat, starring Jordan Peele, who is now a big-name director and Oscar winner, by the way, um, wow. for for Get Out and Us, and his his um, comedy partner for years, Keegan-Michael Key. No. Yeah, that's right. He
0: oh, he was one of the voices in Lion King, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he was, was, was. He, he was one, one, of,
1: th- one of the hyenas. One of the hyenas. Yeah, he was one of the voices in Lion King, one of the voices in Toy Story 4, He's, he he pops up all over the place. He, oh, yeah,
0: he was like the Fluffy, one of the Fluffy toys, Yes, wasn't he, Toy Yeah, Story Fluffy
1: Boy. and Bunny, yeah. where were, it was Key and Peel. It was the two of them who were doing the voices <laughs> for that. So yeah, they they popped up in the first season of the TV show Fargo. They they have their own show, Key and Peel. And this is the first time, I think, they'd done a movie together where they were the starring couple. So I mean, did you ever see Keanu when it was in the cinemas?
0: No, I didn't. I'm aware of it, but I didn't see it. Yeah,
1: yeah so this, it was one of the... It, and it's... The whole idea of this film is that this film starts off and it looks like you know any any one of these sort of like crime movies where you're in what looks to be like a drug den where they're cutting some sort of um, cutting some sort of uh, drug, I guess. To and then all of a sudden this guy and there's this cat and i have to admit i was talking about you we, we were talking about how cats foul people's gardens and then you have to go clean it up because you're a gardener you're trying to dodge cat poo and all that kind of stuff yes and, that was my day yes and i was talking about how i'm not particularly a cat person but the cat in this film is so cute i mean it, <laughs> he's he's so cute enough to make you a cat person and he's so cute that he almost makes the plot of the film make sense because the whole idea is My. that at the beginning of the film, this cat is the pet cat of the of the, of the the guy who runs this drug den. And someone busts into the drug den, fires everybody, kills everybody, and, uh, and they're about to kill him. Then they see his cat, and then they go, oh, and then these silent, sort of like, you know, faceless killers pick up this cat and start nuzzling the cat and everything like that. They're like, oh, this cat is so cute. But then they kill him anyway, and then the cat runs off. The cat runs off, and... <laughs> Then Jordan Peele, he plays a character called Rel or something like that. So he's just broken up with his girlfriend. He's like, he's quite depressed. He's just sitting at home and smoking weed. But then the cat comes to his door and scratches his door and he's like, oh, oh. And then the cat br- brings him off his funk and he names the cat Kianu because he believes it's, it's like, oh, uh, Keanu means cool breeze in Hawaiian. So he, he names the cat, cat Kianu and then he, he, he starts making like a calendar by taking pictures of, this, of the cats in all these sort of different film poses and all that. Uh, but one day, he goes out with his cousin, who's played by Keegan-Michael Key. And um, so he, he goes out with his cousin, and when he gets back, someone's broken into his house, and they've ransacked the place and taken the cats. So it becomes this sort of like detective thing, where they're trying to, but it's almost like a stoner detective thing, a little bit Big Lebowski, like as you're trying to follow the tracks of who took my cat, where did they go, and then they find out that <laughs> the people who raided his house were a local gang, and then the 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 guy who took the guy the, the head of the cat has fallen, the head of the gang has fallen in love with his cat, so <laughs> so they go in there and instead of just sort of saying, oh, well, we think that's a cat, can we have it back, they decide to go in there, they decide to to pretend like they're gangsters, and it just escalates from there, from a case of mistaken identity. The film just gets more and more ridiculous as things go on. But within (laughs) the ridiculousness, they have just some inspired, inspired sequences. Like, there's there's a scene of Keegan-Michael Key in a car with a whole bunch of gangsters, and we're talking like, you know, L.A. South Central gangsters and they're all talking about how they, they're showing off their scars and they're talking about how they got these different scars and all that. And one of them is like, yeah, my mom shot me and all that kind of stuff. Then when I went back home, my <laughs> grandmom shot me. <laughs> and, and he's like, lived this suburban life so he has like nothing to say. And, but because he's pretending to be this gangster, he starts playing, they they start going through his um the music in his car and he starts playing, well, I gotta have faith, 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 I gotta have faith, faith. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, what is this? This, what? this, this sounds kind of wild. What white. the hey? <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. I <laughs> think this whole thing It's where he tells the story of George Michael, but it makes George Michael sound like this gangster, Godfather type person. I think it's inspired because everything he says is true. He's like, he's like, oh, you see George Michael, right? He used to, he used to roll with this guy called Ridgley, and then one day, wham, he decided he wanted to go do his solo thing. <laughs> And nobody ever saw Ridgely again. <laughs> and they're like, "What? What? Dude, he killed him!" I said, "Nobody ever saw Ridgely again." <laughs>
0: and
1: so it's it's funny, it's silly, and it just makes you laugh. It kind of like goes uh, towards the end. It, it uh, as I think, it happens a lot with some of these comedies. It goes into a more sort of conventional action movie ending because you have to end it somehow. Mm-hmm. But I think even then, they managed to do things, which is the, the idea being that there's just these suburban guys who are thrown into this larger-than-life situation where they have to pretend to be these gangsters, quite frankly, to stay alive. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they have to pretend to be gangsters to, to stay alive. And I I really I really enjoyed this. I had it uh, because obviously I spend a lot of time working at the computer when I'm editing things, and i had it on on the other screen and i just found myself just smiling and laughing at these guys this this film is it's kind of inspired it's kind of inspired it sort of takes a lot of tropes and plays with them and uh i i, I really really enjoyed it I, I i think this might this might have to be a 3.5 because there's, there's a bit of me that wants to give it a four but I can't, I don't feel as if I can because I don't think it will tell anybody, oh, you got to go watch this film, it's amazing. I think it's the kind of thing that some people might like and some people might not get. But I think the fact that you have all these people and all these supposedly hardened people falling in love with this little fluffy kitten <laughs> its just just—it's—it's just a weird concept for a film. And it's funny, but I will admit that the kitten is absolutely fun. It is absolutely fluffy. And they do... And all I would say is at some point they pay off with the cat being called Keanu. That's all I will say.
0: Okay. That's all, okay.
1: That's all I would say. Um, I, I, I think I'm going to have to go for a 3.5. I'm going to have to go for a 3.5 on this one.
0: Well, that sounds fair. Yeah,
1: yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. And it, personally, it's a 4, but I know that there's issues with it. Uh, the fact yes. that it gets a little bit generic action movie towards the end. It, yeah, it, it has a post-credit sting that you know you're like, well, that I don't really want that to happen. We didn't need that, but but it's <clears throat> but yeah, and I think the the um, the supporting cast is great. It's one of the first films I think that probably recognised what a good find Tiffany Haddish is, or Tiffany Haddish. How okay. you Pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah. It has Neil Long in it, and I would always have it. Oh, and now uh, this is me going back to my childhood. So Nealong for a certain for a certain age of man, for a certain age of <laughs> shall we for a certain age of black man, shall I say, right about my age, Neilong will always be known as Will Smith's girlfriend in the Freshmans of Bel Air, the one he almost met. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and there's a certain there's, there's a there's man of a certain age who would go you say Neil Long and they'll go, ah, Neil Long. <laughs> And, yeah, yeah. so I'm really happy that I'm, whenever she shows up for something, I'm really, really happy to see. I'm like, I'm so glad she's still getting work. <laughs> it's good. So, yeah. Um, but that's it. That's it. That's me done. And all that's it. We're done. We finished the films we are talking, talking about. And all there's left to say is who the winner is this week. It well, would... I think
0: it was a close one. We've had fours and three point five. so I think it's a close one.
1: It is a close one. It is a close one. And... Uh, I I think this is actually morally a draw because of all the fence yes. we've done today. <laughs>
0: because yeah. of
1: because of all the, oh, I don't know if I want to give the... Because we've had a bit of a week like that. You're like, it's a three. I'm, you're like, it's a four. I'm like, it's a three. You're like, I'm not sure if it's a three or four, yeah. that kind of stuff. So yes. the winner this week...
0: I think that's fair.
1: Yeah, the winner this week is mathematically. Mathematically, is Netflix because it's a 3.75 and cinema got a 3.5. But... I think it's a moral draw because I think you would have had a, as good a time as either one if you'd seen If you go to Netflix to see Otherhood or Keanu or go to the cinema to see Blind the Light or The Sun is also, by the, also a star. I want to see that now.
0: Yeah, it just trips off the tongue, doesn't it, that name? <laughs>
1: All I can say is I don't think anything's going to make me watch The Art of Dancing in the Rain.
0: No. No, of racing yeah. in the rain. I racing, racing in the rain. Oh yeah, dancing yeah. in the
1: rain would make more sense. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, if it's dancing, yeah, okay, I'm up for it. But racing, nah. Yeah. With a talking dog, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, narrating dog, yeah, whatever. Give me a cat that people are killing each other for. Now that's my kind of. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So I believe that's everything. Until next week, when Sean will be back, we will probably have a yes, time back be... on because Sean will be back and um this duo will become a three yeah yeah actually it's that sounds bad it makes it sound as if sean is the one who holds us up but i think this this episode is is total evidence that that is not the case (laughs) no
0: we can we can talk there's no stopping us talking
1: we can waste everybody's time we can waste anybody's listen to us we can waste your time Hire us, we can waste your time for free. <laughs> um, yeah, until that time where we we'll be seeing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and reviewing that and something else, I don't know. Maybe we'll both see Wildlife on Netflix. Maybe yes, we'll, that would be my mission if I week, choose to accept it. Yeah, maybe at some point this week we'll both be in the mood and finally see that film. Yes. But yeah. I need
0: another rainy day, then I can do it.
1: <laughs> when nobody, nobody wants to get into the garden, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, no one, you want to cut grass in the pouring rain, so it's like, hey, we'll have a duvet day.
1: <laughs> Good stuff. So until that time, all there's left to say is a goodbye from me.
0: And a goodbye from me.
1: We will see you Netflix oh Netflix. We will see you next week. <laughs> 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 you think they were paying me. <laughs> we will see you next yeah. week when we're talking when we'll be talking about something. <laughs> Bye. Bye.